We receive the seed of your word right now, sown into our hearts. Your word concerning the grace, graces of giving and receiving. The grace of the power of a seed. Father, we thank you for your seed sown into our lives. We thank you that you give seed to the sower. And that your supply is unending. And that your blessing makes us rich without sorrow added. That your blessing is generous. That your provision is generous. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. You are our God. Hallelujah. Thank you for your plans and your purpose. For every, every person here and listening. Your specific plan and purpose for lives. Open eyes. Open eyes. Spiritual eyes. That we see and we know. We're not consumed by wonder, but that we are riveted by your plan and your purpose, your word and the blood of Jesus. That we receive strength. We receive strength to follow you. We receive strength to walk with you. Oh, hallelujah, you've made us. In your likeness and in your image, you've made us receivers. You've made us, hallelujah, equipped. You have equipped us, hallelujah. Oh, you're a good God, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you for increase. Increase in revelation. Thank you for increase in finances, in resources, in land and houses and buildings. Thank you for increase. Increase the voice of your gospel carriers in our city and region, across the airwaves. Penetrating <laughs> and entering into hearts the message of freedom, the message of deliverance, the message of grace, the message of life. Hallelujah. You've come to set every captive free. Thank you that you are the one who gives us freedom. Hallelujah. You are the one who brings freedom. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Confound the plans of the enemy. Cause confusion in the camp of the enemy. And open the eyes. Open the hearts of the hungry and of the thirsty. Set a fire. in every pulpit of every church who believes in the blood and the name of Jesus, the restoring power of Jesus. Set a fire in your church. Ignite again a fire in your church. It's not our church, it's your church. We're part of your church. Remind every minister 
of the position that we fill. That we serve at your pleasure. And you are Lord. And you are head. Communicate plans and designs and steps that you want taken. Huh. Oh, you're the great. Yeah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You said put me in remembrance. Oh, Father, we remember and we remind your plan is that everyone be saved. Everyone come to the full knowledge and the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Everyone, oh, receive the mercy. Everyone receive the goodness, Father. So, Father, even as you've asked us to remind you, uh, Father, remind, remind your servants of the plan. Remind your servants of the power. Oh, remind your servants of the glory. Your glory. Oh, the difference that your glory makes. That your glory in the church. Let there be glory in your church. Let there be glory in your church. Oh, hallelujah. You are the God of glory. Show out, hallelujah, your goodness. Show out your power. Show out your mercies. Hallelujah. 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 Give us entrance. Give us entrance to the lost. Give us access. Access. Access to those who are hungry and those who are thirsty and those who are crying out. You are the God who grants access. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Oh, yeah. If you just, hallelujah, open that door. Yeah, that one is open. But the others where you have desired. Oh, that, that your word would gain entrance and be glorified. Now look on their threatenings and grant to your children, young and old, male and female, that with boldness they may speak your word. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, awake your people from the sleep and from the slumber. Awake, awake, awake my soul. Awake, awake my church. Awake, awake, wake up. Wake up your people to the reality of heaven on earth, of glory in man. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. A word in season. Oh, a word in season. Morning by morning, you awaken my ear to hear. Oh, awaken our ears to hear as those who are taught that we may sustain with the word. Oh, him who is weary. Hallelujah. Oh, that you give words in the mouth of your children that will, that will sustain and invigorate and restore the weary. Hallelujah. Strength to the weak. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, Rasemedidihi. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. The word says, let the weak say, I am strong. Let the weak say, I am. Let the weak say, I am. Let the weak say, I am. Say this, say, I am. 
strong in the Lord, in the power of His might. He is my strength. He is my hiding place. He covers me on every side with songs of deliverance. <laughs> on my left hand is a song of deliverance. On my right hand is a song of deliverance. In front of me is a song of deliverance. Behind me, how do I get there? Is a song of deliverance. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. He sings over you. He rejoices at the thought of you receiving all that he has sacrificed for you to have. And you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ? That though he was rich, though he was abundantly over and above, more than enough supplied. For your sakes, say for me, he became poor. That you through his poverty might be made rich. When was, when was he made poor? Well, he was on the cross. What happened? My poverty... Your poverty, the poverty, uh, what, do you, what do you say, Lord? The spirit of poverty that would, was, was already in the world and dominating humankind. The spirit of poverty, if he became sin, you know he became poverty. Why? Because he was up there nailed to that tree for you. So he went to that tree in your place that he might become poverty. Why? Well, because the devil had dominated people through the curse of poverty for thousands and thousands of years. So Jesus didn't say, I'm going to teach you the principles of investing so you no longer are uh, poor. He said, you know what? This thing that's getting a hold of you, I want it on me. Because there is only one that can defeat this utterly, completely, and forever. And it is the perfect, spotless, sinless Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the entire world, not just of that day that, would, that were, that was, and that ever would be. He was not just overcoming rigor mortis when he raised from the dead. It wasn't just like, I'm a little stiff. I got to break out of this. No, how would you defeat something like that that just pervades all of the people you love? You're like, you know what? Just bring it on me. What power? What power he has? What power? 
that he could say, I want the sins of every man and every woman that has lived or will live. I want, now we're talking just poverty, I want that on me. Put it on me. In addition to everything else, all sickness, all disease, all separation from God's spiritual death, he's like, just put it on me. I got your number, devil. And the devil is ignorant sometimes. He's evil all the time. He's like, are you kidding me? I get a chance to defeat this dude with all my worst stuff? I guess this is the message. So, <laughs> have you ever seen this? Uh, I don't have my phone. Have you ever seen this? Um, have you ever seen this? Uh, uh, Lord. <laughs> At the Louvre in France, this art museum, you know, they had this, uh, for years, they had this big old painting. And, uh, People had looked at it for so many years, they actually changed the name. I don't remember the original name of it, but it was something like Two Chess Players or something was the original name. But uh, so many people had viewed this thing uh, that they changed, and it became commonly known as Checkmate. It became commonly known as Checkmate. And so because what it was was this image, uh, maybe you could try to find the original picture or something, I don't know. But if you can't, it's okay. Uh, anyhow, uh, it's a picture of the devil on one side of a chessboard and this man on the other side of the chessboard. And they got, you know, the, the devil has all his little men. You know how, if you ever play chess, you can have a chess set of different type of uh, figurines or whatever they call it, right? So this one... Every one of the little men, you know, the, the pawns and the castles and the whatever, they all, all are. I haven't played chess in a long time, but I used to love it. So um, all his little images were sins of the flesh. Greed, lust, avarice, murder, whatever, the, the, his little figurines. His are like almost all on the board. And, and, and then the man... His were all like figurines of like love, joy, peace, patience, right? And so it's showing like the devil's like knocking all these off, you know. So these are all off. It's just a picture. So it's an instant in time. But the artist not only made a picture. Yeah, there it is. So the artist not only made a picture, he also made like an engraving, like a statue type of, of thing of this, right? So in that picture, it's kind of hard to see where all the pieces are. But when you see the, the, the carving one that he did, you can actually tell where all the pieces are. So... Uh, one, of the, uh, one of the times uh, a group was taking a tour through the Louvre, they were having a chess championship over there. So one of the, the master chef, chess person who, who was uh, there went through the group, and he stopped, and he was just staring at this uh, painting. And so the tour guide came back and said, well, what are you doing? He said, they're either going to have to change, the artist is going to have to change the picture I think I have to change the title Checkmate because the king still has one more move. <laughs> and so you know, one of the first people to discover, discover this was, I don't know if you know, but I love Civil War. 
was uh, Beauregard from the Civil War. Uh, the, the first time this happened, they had a, a, a print of this print at a house in Richmond in about the year, let's see, 88, 78, 68, 1868, uh, right after the Civil War. So they're all over at this guy's house, and, and they're, they're looking at it. And so, and the guy's like, the king still has one more move. And the guys with him, they're challenged. They're like, no, no, he doesn't have one more move. So they went one after the other, and they challenged this guy who said, no, the king has one more move. You know what happened? He beat all of them. They all took the place of Satan. He took the place of the guy on the right. So the king still has one more move. You might think, and the devil might try to tell you, checkmate. I got you. Can't you see the way of God does not benefit you? I will win. But the king still has one more move. Now, I literally don't know if the artist that did this knew that and painted it that way on purpose to see if anybody would know. Or if he was just inspired by the devil and the devil made the same stupid mistake again. <laughs> but either way, I think it's pretty cool. The devil is a master of deception. And he tries to make it look like this is your life. Can't you see? You're not winning. Why? Because if he can get you to live by appearances instead of by faith, he will whoop you every time. What is faith? Well, one of the things that faith is, is you actually believe what God said so much that it changes your mind and it changes your mouth and it changes your feet. I, I like that song we sang early, uh, earlier. Uh, believe, what's it say? What's it called? Believe for it. But never make the mistake uh, of saying, well, I'm believing God. Well, that's a good place to pause to make you think. Acts. Acts chapter 27, verse 22. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there will be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. For there stood by me this night an angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve. Remember, they're all to see. They're taking Paul as a prisoner. And uh, he actually, he had on the inside an inward witness. Like, <clears throat> he says, sirs, I perceive this voyage is going to be with uh, uh, peril and uh, much damage, you know. And they're like, what do you know? You're just a prisoner. We're sailors. We can set out. I could just see it now. I am the captain of this ship. <laughs> you are the prisoner? Just because you said that, we will go. <clears throat> Make sure your boldness is from the Lord and not your flesh. It could get you in peril. Verse 24, or verse 23, I'll say it again. <clears throat> For there stood by me this night an angel of God, who, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar. <laughs> Have you ever read that before? Like that. 
Like, you, you like, it looks like the ship's going to go down, but you have this inward witness from the Lord, and all of a sudden an angel is standing by you. He's like, don't be afraid. You're still going to go in prison before Caesar. <laughs> I don't know why that just caught me real funny. You're like, we're going to be safe, but you're still going. <laughs> I don't know if I'll say that right now. Okay. Saying, fear not, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar. And lo, God has given all them that sail with you. Given you all them that sail with you. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer. I believe God. But there's not a, well, there's no punctuation. But there's not even a period in King James Version that it should be even as it was told me. Where was his faith in what was told him? It's not a generic, I believe God. Faith is in something that God has said that is God himself. In other words, let me just say this. God is a good God. Is healing good or bad? Is having enough to meet your needs and give good or bad? Well, uh, James chapter 1, was it written in the upper 20s, says every good gift comes down from above. Actually, he goes further than that. He says, from the Father of lights with whom there is no changing, no variableness, not even a shadow of turning. So not only, is, not only do we find out God's good, but don't expect him to ever change from that. Not, not even a, a hint or a shadow. God is a good God. So all of a sudden, your faith now, it does something to your faith when you understand God is a good God. So before we start this whole thing of, I'm going to believe God to receive, let's just say, healing or financial provision, let's have this understanding, God's a good God. And lest you let the devil or your own mind be twisted in such a way that you misunderstand, like even as we said last week, or maybe it was Wednesday, I don't remember, but that if you know how to do good things for your children, how much more? Not God's ways are so much higher than ours. Maybe his definition of goodness is putting sickness on you to teach you a lesson, and so ultimately that would be good. No. That is a deception from the pit of hell. That is not what the Bible teaches. That is not the nature of God. Jesus came teaching, preaching, and healing. He said, I do nothing of myself. I came to do the will of God. I came to reveal what God is like. If you want to know what God is like, look at Jesus. And God said, I am the God that doesn't change. Moses said, who should I say sent me? He said, say that I am. That I am. God never changes. 
He is and always has been and always will be the healer and the provider. So now you see, like, you start to see, well, how can I have faith to receive healing? Well, I can have faith to receive healing because that's a good thing. And God desires to do good things. In fact, God's desire to do anything that would be a good thing for you or for any man or woman on the earth, his desire to do those things is not really even comprehended by man. So somebody say, you know, is God able to do this? Well, some people, I guess, don't even believe God is able. But most people that believe in God believe he's able to do anything that he wants to do. Right? But the question is, is God willing? Well, and the question is, what is willing? Remember, the man that came to Jesus said, Lord, if you will, you can heal me. Jesus said, let me think about it. <laughs> no, he said, I will be thou cleansed. Or if you didn't grow up in 1600, he probably said, I got you. <laughs> I will. I am willing. But what is willing? Willing is God's strong desire to show himself strong on behalf of his people, to show his power in your body, to show his power in your uh, finances and in your assets, to show his power on your mind, to show his power on the path of your life and the favor that he provides for you, to show his power in your family. God has a strong and burning heart's desire to show up in physical, touchable form in your life. What does that mean? That means someday, real soon, you're going to be able to walk up to our church building and take a bite out of it. Just don't hurt your teeth. What I mean is, it's not just all when we get to heaven. It's not just all in our heart. Now, thank God it's in our heart because if we don't have the heart change first, the other stuff doesn't matter. Well, and into your flesh, the other stuff matters way more than it ever should. Your priorities are, you know, power and wealth. Well, boy, you get a heart change. Your priorities change. You're like, I'm seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And God says, now, instead of you having something with sorrow, I'm going to give you blessings so much that you can't even contain it. I'm going to pour it upon your life. You will expand. You will increase. You will multiply. Praise the Lord. Where's Joel? He said, are we going to have kids class? Hey, buddy, this is kids class. This is awesome. I love you. Praise the Lord. Any questions? Well, <laughs> You're very cute. I'm not going to embarrass you. 
Or maybe I am now. I'm trying not to. If you believe, you will receive. Mark 11.22 says, have faith in God. Literally, lay hold. I love uh, centenary translation, my favorite translation. It was written by a homeschool mother. And uh, she, she translated for her kids because she's like, you know what? I want them. Hallelujah. This is the heart of God, the heart of every godly parent. I, I don't really care if they know all the fluffy, big words, King James Version. I want them to hear the heart of the message of God. So she gave them this translation. She wrote a translation of the New Testament for her children as a homeschool mother. And when she translated verse 22, she translated uh, what most translators translate, have faith in God. Some translation, literally it says, have the God kind of faith. The way she translated it was, lay hold on the faithfulness of God. I love that translation. Your faith is not about you, it's about God. You're like, you know what? I might have made a lot of mistakes. I might not know a lot. But I know him in whom I have believed. And I believe that he is able to keep that which I have committed to him. That's my life. That's my family. That's my church against that day. Lay hold of the faithfulness of God. When you got a mountain in your life staring at you, it is not time to go and get a shovel and start moving that mountain with a shovel. Jesus didn't even say, get an excavation company with a bunch of dump trucks and bulldozers and excavators. Because you got a lot to move. He said, you just need to believe and speak. But he said, number one, lay hold of the faithfulness of God. You get a grip on the faithfulness of God. I don't understand all the particulars of whatever situation, but I know God is a good God. I know God is a providing God. I know God is a loving God. I know God made a way where it seemed, when it seems like there's no way, that he makes a way, that he makes a pathway that actually... Just like if he ever parted the waters, if there was ever a situation where I came up to and I got the enemy right on my heels, I thought, oh, this is good because I'm going to go with God and, and th this is going to be my deliverance. And in fact, I only have sickness in my body and I'm going out even with some riches. But now all of a sudden uh, the devil comes and says, well, you see, you were just fooled. Now look behind you. There's a huge army. You thought it was bad before. It's going to be horrible now. But you know what? God, through the arms of a man, split the waters. And they went through on dry ground. This is not just in Exodus. This is in Hebrews chapter 11. By faith, they walked on dry ground in the midst of the sea. What's the sea? Oh, that's impossible. 
that's too big for me. I can't even see the top of that thing. I can't figure out how that's working. I can't figure out how that's all congealed and frozen up. Oh, yeah, you get God involved. It's a lot bigger than what you can figure out. Thank God. (laughs) But if he ever parted the water for anyone, he will part the waters for you. If he ever closed it in on any enemies of anyone, he will close the waters in on the enemies that are coming against you. When you're following God. Don't ever let the devil tell you on your path of deliverance that it's going to end with you worse off. No. You're free. Believe it. Speak it. Act like it. So he said then, if you lay hold of the faithfulness of God, then whoever says to this mountain, you get out of the way. I'm not saying you. Be removed and be cast into the sea and doesn't doubt in his heart. The best way I know not to doubt in my heart is to believe what God said. The best way I know to believe what God said is lay hold of the faithfulness of God. A believer has faith in the work of Jesus Christ. That what Jesus did He really did, and it really affected every one of us. Aren't you glad we rented for an extra five hours today so we can stay till three? No, I'm kidding. (laughs) It was a joke. Somebody got confused. Joel. (laughs) Romans 3.22. Well, if you look at Romans 3, 3, uh, for what if some did not believe? Will their unbelief make the faith of God without effect? God forbid. Just because some don't believe doesn't make the faith of God without effect. Verse 22, even the righteousness of God, which is by, by what? By the faith of who? Jesus Christ. The righteousness of God is... Not by your faith, per se. It's by the faith of Jesus Christ. Unto all. In other words, the faith of Jesus Christ was seen in his words and actions. So he went to the cross. And he took it all on himself. But it also comes upon all that believe that. So we don't do the work to get the access. We get the access by the work of Jesus so we can do the work. Did you get that? So our labor, even Hebrew says this, our work, our labor is to enter into a place called rest. Now the definition of rest is not laying on the recliner or the sofa, or the bed, sleeping. Sometimes you need a physical rest. You have a physical body. You have to glorify God in your body. You must take care of your body. 
But there's also a proverb that says, you know, something about wake up, sleepy. <laughs> wake up, O oh sleeper. But our, our work is to enter into that rest. What is that rest? The rest of the inward knowledge that Jesus Christ himself is the author of all faith and he also is the one that went in ahead of us. And he said, I see they can't make it. I see they can't do it. I see poverty's overtaking them. Um, sickness is overtaking them. I see mental uh, disturbances, memory problems overtaking them. And I'm going to take that all on me. And so for us, it's just to believe that he did that. And I think one of the best ways to believe that he did that is just to meditate for a little while. I'm going to say it this way so you remember it. Are you gooder than God? And just think your own children, or if you don't have children, if you had children. How would you want them treated? And then I like uh, Carpenter's translation, talking about fatherhood. He said, then multiplied a thousand. No, 10,000 times. He said, that might be just a glimpse of what fatherhood means in heaven. So you think you could know how to be good and do good? Well, just multiply that a thousand. No, 10,000. No, 100,000. And you might begin to have a hint of how good God is. That he set this up so we could just believe in what Jesus did. Our work is to believe what Jesus did. And not only that he did it, that he did it as if we did it. In place of us doing it. It's kind of like you don't have access to an airplane. All you have is an automobile. And you have to go down to, let's see, Miami, Florida. Go down to Miami, Florida. You pick up an inheritance check. But you have to get there within 10 hours. You're going by automobile. And Jesus comes and says, you know what? And you don't have time. Jesus, I'll come, I'll go for you. I'll get it for you, and I'll bring it right back to you. You can't possibly do that in 10 hours. It's like an 18-hour drive normal. Even during COVID, you can't do that. <laughs> you know, they broke the land records on Route 66 or whatever. They were speeding during COVID. Like whoever could go coast to coast the fastest. <laughs> Did you read that? I read that last year, whatever. You, you did because you're a car guy. <laughs> oh, yeah, because they have all these records, people. So they're driving like, what were they driving, like 100? What did they average? Yeah, 160. 160 miles an hour, coast to coast, you know. Don't ever do that, kids. I don't, shouldn't have said that in front of you. <laughs> but he said, I got your back. 
Like you got your schedule so full, you, you don't have time to do this, you don't have time to do that. And somebody comes along and says, I'll do that for you. I'll get that taken care of. You're like, oh, that's what Jesus came and did. Every time I try to be disciplined, I fail, you might think, or experience. You're laughing a lot, Melody. <laughs> and so, <laughs> don't anybody laugh right now. Everybody pretend like you're perfect. He said, you don't have to be disciplined. I mean, he did not say that. I'll take that back. Where's my kids? Oh. You don't have to have perfect discipline. You can have perfect discipline. And if you've lived long enough, you've realized that. No, you should be diligent. But you're always going to be so limited if you try your diligence or your discipline, if you try to source that from your mind or your flesh or your outlook calendar. Now, use tools and stuff. You can use tools unless the Lord tells you not to, but just use tools. Brother Hagin said, uh, I never use an alarm clock. It'll hinder my faith. I'm not telling you not to use an alarm clock, but if you get that revelation, maybe don't. So, why? Because you go to bed... And you just tell, all I do is I just tell my spirit if I want to wake up like that. I don't, I don't always want to wake up like that, but sometimes I do. I just say, I'll wake up at 5.30 in the morning. You know what time I wake up in the morning normally? About 5.27, 5.28 if I do that. So you can develop yourself, and you should develop yourself. But the point is that the work is done by the Lord Jesus Christ. And you believe in the work that he did. Well, when you do that, you can actually be a happy Christian. Everything I touch is going to work. <laughs> I'm a blessing on this earth. I'm a king. I rule. I reign. I wave a banner with a blood, blood stain. Praise God. Jump, jump. Amen. Hey man, stand with me. You have to, um, you don't have to, but you'll be blessed if you yield to the Lord and let him use you the way he uses you. Amen. Oh, thank you. Huh. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here this morning online or maybe here in the room, and you've never given your life to Jesus Christ. I want to give you an opportunity to do that. Maybe this all sounds really foreign to you. Maybe you think I'm up here faking it <laughs> till you make it. <laughs> I'm not. God is really a good God. He'll set you free even from yourself. Sometimes especially from yourself. The most important part of you is your spirit. Your heart, that's where you believe. With the heart, we believe. Without physical evidence, we know in our hearts. 
And so I'm going to lead you in a prayer right now. Because I can't pray a prayer for you and say, God, please save John Doe or Jane Doe, and God would save you. God wants to hear your prayer. It's your heart and your life. I invite you right now to give your life to him by making a decision in your heart and then confirming or affirming that decision by saying this with your mouth. Say this, say, God, I believe that Jesus Christ is your son and that he died on the cross to take away my sins. Jesus, I take you as my Lord. I throw the weight of my whole life over on you. I'm going to live for you. Thank you, Father, that you are my Father now and that Jesus is my Lord. Fill me with your spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen.